once thought sucked, but now you realize that they rock. They still suck. Fear and loathing podcast. Wow. Welcome, everybody, to Fear and Loathing in Cinema Podcast. It is February 8th, and we are doing, for the month of love and romance, romantic comedy movies. And this week is a doozy. It has comedy, and it has romance. And baseball, as an added bonus, it's going to be amazing. Uh, We'll get to that in a second. Uh, First, I want to bring up this new story. This new story that just hit the world by storm. This week, it is actually brought up in the group chat because when you brought it up in the group chat, it reading the story and reading into it, the story just gets crazier and crazier. Um, the more you read into it, so it has to do with Disney and Star Wars and Gina Carano, and it's unbelievably funny to me and great and. Like, there's so many layers and sections to this story and this news thing that I want a lawyer's opinion. Uh, But in essence, uh, Gina Carano, a fighter turned actress who did a couple of movies and then disappeared and then got the big shot of her life to be in Star Wars, um, was in the first season of The Mandalorian. And... After the season, she made some comments on Twitter and they decided not to renew her contract. And so the Mandalorian season one was years ago. And all of a sudden this week, Gina Carano in the headline says Gina Carano is suing Disney for firing her. And my first thought was like, was she fired? I thought they just didn't renew her contract. Secondly, um, Gina Carano is not a household name really maybe but does she have money to take on disney answer is no but who is funding her endeavor elon musk (laughs) which is funny because i thought he does the same thing to people talking bad about him on twitter he kicks them out so this this story has a lot of crazy things going for it so i want y'all's opinion on this and what you think about what's going to happen here and why Gina Carano is who she is. Anybody? Uh, She's going to get a lot of publicity because the guy who is running this entire lawsuit and funding it is going to push forth any narrative that he wants on the largest social media platform in the world. And she is never going to get her job back with Disney because guess what? Corporations can fire you for whatever the fuck they want to fire you for. And unless they fired her and there's like memos saying we're firing her because she's a woman um, or because I don't know what Carano is. Um, is she a man? No, I'm just saying I don't know what Carano is as far as like, like Italian. Yeah. I, I, unless they're like she's a female Italian who used to be a UFC fighter and they have no place in this world and can find something on that. You can fire someone because you don't like their actions. Like Disney literally fired James Gunn for tweets. Well, so the you brought that yeah, up. It's interesting because James Gunn was different. James Gunn, they oh. fired James Gunn 
but that was for a tweet that he was he was doing like set up punchline jokes decades oh, ago. But it's the same thing though. It's just posted on social media. Right. But it was posted on social media. But why then, would you scrub your shit before you work with Disney? Right. So that's the that's the point. It's like well, even okay, then they could still. You know, the internet's written in ink. So it is, just it is. A... Somebody takes a picture of it. But with Gina Carano, I'm trying to go, Gina Carano, she was born in Dallas, Texas. I think she moved to Las Vegas or something. And then at some point, she got this opportunity to be on the world's largest stage, the family's friendliest entertainment company, Disney, with the largest franchise in entertainment history. And then she goes on to Twitter and she talks about anti-vaccinations and anti-mask. And then she compared, uh, I think what started her not being on Star Wars anymore was the tweet that was, um, she was comparing, she's a Republican. She was comparing people uh, not agreeing with Republicans to being uh, a prisoner at a concentration camp in the Holocaust, which... (laughs) is not funny but i'm trying to go with her logic here and then when you say firing her i thought they just they were like okay season two is coming up we're just not going to renew her so we're not firing her we're just not renewing her contract no i don't know do you know i know so i know a little bit about this i read i went into like a deep hole in this last night but so one i'm gonna say the legality of stuff like this, Disney's always going to have a morality clause in there. They're going to, I'm sure, uh, talking disparaging about the Holocaust, anti-Semitism, stuff like that is going to be like a, we don't want you anymore. Um, I know that she, they asked her to do like a, a, a boot camp for like trans you know, people that she was talking about and LGBTQ people because she had had a lot of like anti-trans tweets, Kathleen Kennedy. And when she said no, they were like, yeah, she also also brings up in the lawsuit because I was reading a little bit of it. She brings up Pedro Pascal by name and tweets people sent to her um, on Twitter saying that like she was deeply hurt kind of thing okay it's the internet if you don't want to like if you don't want to get yelled at maybe don't make a terrible holocaust joke but like i guess she was on there (laughs) she was on there talking about pedro pascal and saying well you know he can he can post all this really controversial stuff all this you know his uh his sister is trans he's you know all this lgbtq uh stuff and covid stuff and no one he doesn't get in trouble and i want to be like lady he got he got like ten thousand more brains than you do like she's she's just saying the q and like the q and on talking points kind of thing so i don't know i i would say to read the the lawsuit just because it's really interesting um but yeah but how funny is it that Elon Musk is funding this? And what relationship does Gina Carano and Elon Musk have right now? Okay, like, but what do you mean? It's like Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. It's just a business <laughs> opportunity. No, so. it's Elon Musk <laughs> like war against Disney. And I mean, he's turned it yeah. to kind of like a QAnon 
conservative. It's like, hey, your enemy is my enemy. You tweeted yeah. a thing last night complaining that they might have that. And it turned out I didn't even check it, but he tweeted it. So it went to billions of people. And he was complaining because, um, oh, shit, what's her name? From the bear. Oh, Io? Io from the bear was rumored to be in the next Pirates of the Caribbean. He was like, look at them having to put a, essentially, he was like, a black female pirate? What's wrong with you, woke Disney? And I'm just like. But was that real, though? Was that a real thing? His tweet about the complaint about Disney is real. The casting is like a rumor of a rumor. Yeah. But his whole thing was essentially like, they got rid of Johnny Depp. And now they're going to put a black girl in it. What's wrong with our country? And I'm just like, I don't know. Sounds kind of fun. She's a very fun actress. And I would like to watch her swashbuckle. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, he has a vendetta against Disney. Like, all it's these the diversity crazy, crazy people. And they think Disney's so woke. And I'm just like, well, what? I, I just want to be clear that I know several very heavy GOP people in my life, and every one of their fucking kids watches Bluey, is excited about Moana 2, has a Disney Plus subscription, <laughs> went, is excited that Wish is now out for purchase. Like, it's it's a very loud vocal minority that is doing it for soapboxing because Disney literally... You can, if someone wants to complain about them being literally a, um, the biggest conglomerate in the world and runs all of media and you can't escape their influence, I'm like, I'll sit down and listen to that all day. They have sports through Hulu, news, like they run the world, ABC, ESPN. Sure, I will listen to that all day. But if you're going to say like they're destroying the country because they're going to put a, um, because I don't know. Mary Poppins is going to have a black umbrella. Or she's like, or she's going to kiss her wife or something. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't, it doesn't bother me one bit. I think it would be weird if she had a girlfriend in Mary Poppins. Cause it was like the 1920s and they probably would have killed her for being a witch. But like, I'm not. <laughs> what if they so, were like, it's just, I don't, it doesn't. Yeah. I think it's all fake outrage. That's just being amplified by yeah. one douchebag who bought the largest, by Elon Musk. And so if you were a lawyer with this case, Dan, would you like better call Saul it and like try to work your way for Gina Carano? Or is there like any legal standing that is Elon Musk just going to oh, give it up? And when they lose, he'll end up pumping it even more and they'll turn it into donations and maybe she'll open a production company somehow. Or if they get lucky and there's some loophole they can find, Disney will settle it out of court and they'll pretend that they won something but well, i don't know her actual work contract so as far as i'm concerned in about six months to a year we're gonna see a news that's like gina carano and elon musk lawsuit i'm really trying to figure out up. like can you see like bill gates or like richard branson or uh the amazon guy well, just like doing well, there was a rumor type that of stuff huh? there was a rumor that this all started because she was at megacon about a week ago and no literally, way. like, maybe 10 people came up to her, like, table. <laughs> and, I, and, and honestly, I'll, I mean, this is, like, I'll say this. She is 100% entitled to her opinion about vaccinations, about masks, about COVID, about all that stuff. Literally, Aaron Rodgers goes on Disney's largest platform in the world, 
ESPN. ESPN, yes. It literally just sits there and, and says things that Joe Rogan with a concussion would not say right. for an hour a day every single Tuesday. Like, Disney is not against this, but Aaron Rodgers does not go on there. And whether she meant it the way she meant it or the way she didn't mean it, the only time Disney stepped in about Aaron Rodgers and his quote-unquote controversial opinions is when he suggested that one of their largest stars was a pedophile and jimmy kimmel jimmy kimmel was a pedophile yeah the only time where disney stepped in with gina carano is when she started comparing things to the holocaust yeah before that no one made a peep about her two three months of tweets about mass mandates this and that but when she started being like i feel like the neighbors to the house of the zone of interest people were like that's too far let's talk to you about this and then she was like (laughs) oh, now they're coming after me and I'm going to say stuff about trans people. That is kind of pretty offensive. They were like, hey, tone that down. And when she didn't, she lost her job. Disney, I don't care what anyone says, they went to Aaron Rodgers and were like, hey, dude, step Stop off the pedophile thing. And he, yeah. came, he went on and like tried to explain himself. It was squashed. And now he's still going on ESPN. So it's like, yeah. I refuse to believe that this is because of her it's because she started comparing it to something that every political realm that you can think of is like Holocaust equals bad. Well, again, the lawsuit comes like what two, three years after it all happened. You wearing, yeah, because she's wearing, probably she had probably has I I think she had like one little ass movie in production that did nothing. But also, and, unless, if Steven Soderbergh never put her in fucking Haywire, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, like Steven Soderbergh literally said, I'm going to put you in a small budget movie and turn her into a star. And there was like six to eight months where everyone talked about her being a star because she is so good in that movie. And then she nailed Star Wars and like could have had a career. And I'm not like, don't, I'm not like, hey, Good. Stand up for what you believe in. But she could have just come out in a tweet and been like, hey, guys, I really messed up comparing the Holocaust to mask mandates. My bad. I think that these mask mandates are definitely an oppression on me and I disagree with them. But to compare them to the Holocaust was just I had a glass of wine. It was late at night. I messed up. I forgot. And I apologize. And she would still be on whatever that stupid fucking Rogue Squadron show that they were going to have her star in. 100% Disney would have been like she famously fumbled like the biggest bag yeah the biggest franchise in history yeah Yeah, it's crazy I don't know it's I sorry I don't mean to our podcast is trying to be fun but it's just one of those things where like everything she said is valid and allowed to be said I have no issue with it whatsoever I may disagree with it but when you cross the line into pedophiles Disney's like hey don't say pedophile stuff. When you cross the line to Holocaust and Jews, it's like anti-Semitism. It's like, hey, don't say that kind of stuff. I feel like that's valid. I feel like that's a valid line for a corporation to have in 2024. Right. Yeah. Preston's been quiet through this whole thing. What's your what's your stance? I feel like John Turturro from Big Lebowski. You said it, man. It's just like... Uh, you said it, man. I, I I don't disagree with anything that's been said though. Yeah. Okay, no, I, it was such a. Uh, it's when you sent that, and then I just started reading. It's like, wait, what? What? Wait, what? That's crazy. All right, all yeah, right. I Let's get her. into, huh? I liked her. I liked her in Haywire, and I liked her in Mandalorian. 
Well, was it the only thing that ever came from Haywire was the meme of perfection that's still going around today? I think I put Haywire in my top 20 for whatever year it came out. That movie kicks ass. Not for Gino. I fell asleep during that movie, Dan. I'm sorry. You're good gonna, one good fight scene though. You're gonna watch you're gonna watch it on February 14th for your anniversary. <laughs> no, we're we're gonna my wife and I are gonna watch Edge of Darkness with Mel Gibson because that was the first movie we saw in theaters together. Jeez. Oh, Edge of Darkness. Which one is that? It's the, the one that's written by William Monaghan. It was like right after The Departed. And oh, yeah. It's got like Mr. A... French in it. Oh, my God. Oh, it's wonderful. Huge, hugely forgettable other than oh. that was the first movie. That it's, a future, it's a future pod for sure. It's a future pod, yes. No, we have, have a Mel Gibson one. We have not revisited it revisited it since then but i do own it because i just bought like a, i was like hey i think it's important for us to at least have this but i have not watched it since it then. is kind of fun we went from gina carano to mel gibson that was yeah it, no like, there is a, a correlation we need it's to have a mel line. gibson month here <laughs> and it was brought up by preston which i love <laughs> he's he's on the wavelength all right <laughs> thanks for going with us everybody uh we're gonna get to our movie right now um the movie that we are talking about Wait, uh, nobody listening knows who we are oh shit no they don't oh they have to oh i'm brian kluger <laughs> i'm in dallas texas and i'm joined by three perfect baseball teammates uh you know they're just they're just great. Uh, we have the, the the mother of all of us, um, all of us baseball players who are taking us in uh, from she Miami. She makes the grapes disappear. She makes the grapes disappear. Uh, Chelsea, Nicole, how are you? How are them grapes coming? I'm good. I'm also in Texas, Austin, though. Oh, so. she in Austin, Texas now. How's it feel to be a Texan? I actually I love Texas, so. Uh, Dan, are you in Austin? No, I'm outside H Town. Oh, okay. Can't say where. <laughs> uh, Houston's so big. It's technically, I think I'm in Houston <clears throat> or a, tri a trial thing. That's crazy. All right. So, Chelsea, good to see you. Hello. <laughs> Hello. You said the grape thing and it made it really awkward. Well, we're gonna get even more awkward here. Um what? I uh, like grapes. I yeah, I like grapes. Disappear. Yeah. Uh and then the man who likes cucumber salads, Press and Barta in Denton, Texas. How are you? I'm good. Um I was out of town, so I was here, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh the man of the hour. Uh, the pitcher coming up to the mound, Dan Moran. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm just waiting on my contract. Waiting for my contract offer. He he is. He yeah. is. You can, you can't get the, your contract unless you have a quote badass tattoo like they have in here. Like you got to have a scorpion. Something. 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 Cool. Well, we're all gonna be pouring beer into each other's mouths from our legs uh, during yeah. this yeah. during this show. A, do they have a pee fetish in this? Like, what's I, up with that? That's my first question. It, there, I think there is. Uh, we're talking about a movie called Summer Catch, and you might not remember it. This movie came out 
late August of 2001. Um, and it was it starred a crazy ass cast, including Freddie Prisons Jr., Jessica Beale, Fred Ward again, mm-hmm. Brittany Murphy, Bruce Davidson, Matthew Lid- Lillard, and Brian Dennehy, <laughs> and of course, Fez himself, uh, Wilmer Valderrama, and a cameo from Beverly D'Angelo. So it's got a crazy cast, and it was directed by a guy named Michael Tallin, who I'm so excited about this because uh, um, the the dude directed Summer Catch and then went on to direct Radio with Cuba Gooding Jr. So there's lots to unpack here. Uh, his name is Michael Tolan. Yes. So we asked a couple questions to the internet. Bri- correction. Brian asked these questions. I asked these questions because it goes yeah. along with the movie. It's a baseball movie. We're going to get into it, but there's also it's a sex comedy and it also has a lot of jokes and overarching jokes of fat jokes. And so I brought the question to the internet. Um, What's your funniest like sex, sex experience and what's the best fat joke? So um, I'll start with uh, Chelsea. Chelsea's in Texas. What's the funniest sex story? And what's the best fat joke? Um, I don't have a one for the joke, but I do have, I mean, like personally, my funnest, funniest sex story. It could be either. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally, it would be even better. I mean, personally, off the top of my head, I was in college. I had too many Jaeger bombs. And I slept with someone on a beanbag. And then the next morning, he called me and invited me to breakfast with his mother. <laughs> well, how sweet. Was it the comics comic book guy? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Well, first, what did you say? I said, I don't think so. And a beanbag, was it one of those like big ass like foam beanbags? Or what it was like those little ones like that looked like faux leather? Um, it was one one of the bigger ones. Okay. Yeah. Love sack. The love sack. Not, I mean, that was before <laughs> love sack, but I did make it a love sack. So, uh-huh. I well, let's go back here when she told love this very sweet in story, and Preston, Preston being the man he is, he's like, "Oh, how sweet." <laughs> Preston, would you have sex with women? Did it you depends, always invite them out with your mother? It depends on how he said it. If he was just like, hey, this was really nice. Would you like to go to um, breakfast with me and my mom? Like, unless, I don't know. Like, No, it was just, I woke up and I had like three texts and like, hey, will you meet me at this restaurant? My mom's coming too. I was like, eat your roll. Yeah. <laughs> he probably would have been like, this is the love of my life. Was that the first and last time with this guy? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Interesting. I just like pressing like that. All right, Dan. <laughs> Funniest uh, sex story and best fat joke. I've only had sex twice. They both produced my children. <laughs> Look at you, fuck machine. I think that's the funniest thing about my sex life is it's one and done each time. Um, funniest, it never misses. Funniest fat joke. Is if y'all know who James Harden is, the basketball player. Yes. Whenever he doesn't want to play anymore for a team, he famously just like stops working out and goes to strip clubs and gains like 30 pounds. And then he'll eventually play himself into shape once he gets traded. 
But uh, there was a period in like 2019 where people were caught when he was on the Rockets and people were calling him James Hardy's. And I don't know why it's so childish, but it just cracked me up that every sports person other than sports center ESPN was just calling him James Hardy's and inappropriate jokes like that. I, I like when people mix up their names, like when Shaquille, when Shaq got really fat at the end of his career and people were calling him Shaquille all meal. Um, <laughs> Vince Wilfork Vince Wilfork was a defensive tackle for the Patriots for forever and he was legitimately like his job was to be fat because he was a nose tackle but they called him um his name was Will Fork so like that's a pretty easy one just I like when you make fun of people who are millionaires more than like some poor kid on the street yeah. I also like that Dan's sex life is very serious. It always has consequences. Oh, yeah, that's why, that's why I got a vasectomy. I'm done, man. <laughs> he just looks down. Looks Might as well down. be a it's priest. Gone. It's gone. Like that joke in Ken, that's me. <laughs> He's all plastic. I'm just Dan. Oh, that's good. All right, Preston. Funniest sex story for you and best fat joke. I don't know. I feel like I want to take the route of Captain America at the end of Infinity or uh, Endgame, being like, no, that, that's just for me. I yeah, don't, don't go know. there. Come with us. Come. Uh, All right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I... You've told some funny stories over your years. You, you, you brought up the jackass videos. I know you've got some good stuff in that brain of yours. I know, but that's more commenting on my stupidity. This is involving somebody I don't want to, like, I would have to get her permission to say stuff like this. But you don't so, have to know. use, you could just, you don't have to use names. You use the situation. You know what? Yeah. Let him bow out gracefully. Yeah. Let, yeah. Tell us I feel like Dan, I'm trying like Dan the story out. very careful way of getting out. And so it, no, it was smart. And he already took it. Preston, you have your 14-year anniversary with your lovely wife coming up, so you've been with her for 14 years. Please tell us a hilarious, embarrassing sex story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, try to, and try to not get in trouble. <laughs> oh, God. The funniest thing yeah, I don't know. I, I have one, but I, I just don't think I have permission to, to say it. I, I would have to have to ask her. So I, I don't mind telling y'all off mic, but I'm not okay. going to say it publicly. Preston, just give the answer from um, what is it that a Lonely Island Acon? I just had sex, and just like the funniest thing is that they let me do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you invite anybody to meet your mom afterwards, Preston? Eventually. I don't know when I introduced uh, my wife to my mom, but no, the not immediately after. after. No. The morning after the morning sex. After. <laughs> no, he he, I mean. He knew right after you, so that's too. He was done. We I just like him. that it's not the morning after pill; it's the morning meet and greet. After meet at, uh, <laughs> morning after mom. Chelsea, this is two weeks in a row where Chelsea has been prep proposition to come live and run a business together because some guy loves her, yeah. knows her so much. And then beanbag Ron or whatever his name is is like <laughs> we're going we're going ring shopping. We're going ring shopping. Beanbag Ron. I've, I've always had guys be very intense with me. I don't know. Beanbag Ron. Now, is Beanbag Ron like the place, the location, or is that like describing no, a the, physical attribute? He's the, no, he's the guy. The 
Yeah, it's the yeah. dude. What's his name? Ron here. <laughs> Got a bean bag. <laughs> oh man, college was so easy. He calls, um, he, he calls her two years later and is like, "Hey, I want you to come live with me in North Carolina. You've heard of North Carolina Furniture Mart? I've got a beanbag mart. It's right <laughs> in front of it. I run it out of a Winnebago, but it's going to be sick. <laughs> All right, fat, fat joke, Preston, fat joke. I don't know. I can't really think of one either. Pretty much anything out of Fat Bastard's mouth. <laughs> Get in here. I'm going to eat you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> gotta hear this story damn it <laughs> all right i guess okay i guess we're, are, are we gonna go to the internet no what sure. about you yeah oh me all right funniest sex story high school college but it wasn't at college as long as you're not going lower than high school well, it was middle school and well you know what that n never mind it is in high school because it was my uh it was a high school girlfriend um two kind of stories one story that didn't involve me having sex it involved my roommate having sex in the dorm room at college and i knew he was having sex and what i used to do when he was having sex and i couldn't go in the room i would still go in the room and in the dorm room we would have like a sink and a mirror I would walk in, I wouldn't acknowledge whatever he was doing, and I would turn on the sink, the sink light to the mirror, I would take off my shirt, and I would flex my muscles and kiss my muscles, and just like, I look good, mm -hmm. and then I would walk out of the room, <laughs> not acknowledging anything. Oh, man, that was good times. We did not room together after that. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but me personally, so... My high school girlfriend, so I'm the only child. And whenever my parents and I went on vacation, I usually got to bring some a friend to like have a good time with. And so my parents and I used to have a condo in Destin, Florida. Uh shout out to Florida. Uh what do Miami people think of Destin, by the way? Shitty. Damn. Well, back in the 90s, it was really nice. And so there was like a few of us families and we all had friends. There was like 20 of us. And so I got to bring my girlfriend on this trip uh, along with a couple of other my good friends. And so one night where everybody is down on the beach at night, the girlfriend and I went up to um, have relations and <laughs> my parents were coming up and my friends are such good friends back then. Uh, they were stalling my parents, but my parents walked in on us doing it. And it was the most awkward and funniest thing ever. How old uh, huh? How old are you? So I was in high school, had to be between 17 and 18. Oh, okay. So you so, had your own like American Pie two moment. Did did he come over there? Did your dad come over there and like sit down and like <laughs> <laughs> like Eugene Levy? Yeah. Uh, it was like something like they. I think they knew it was. They had to have known that it was happening because it wasn't the first time we had done it. But when that was happening, like when they came in, we got dressed so fast. But like when you're having sex, you know, you have like sex hair and sex sweat and like a red. 
And it was just like clearly evident, like T-shirts were inside out. Like it was just trying to do that. And just my parents played it really cool because they're very aware and they did not want to upset anybody else or like my girlfriend. And so they played it really cool. And then my friends were like, we stalled them as much as we could <laughs> to come up there. And maybe those were good know. friends. Those were really good friends. So uh yeah, that was a really funny that's the one that I really remember. Uh that's like you see that in movies or people hear dreams about that, but that was really funny. Um but uh I didn't get any funny sex stories, but I got some really funny fat jokes. Um I mean, the fat joke that I remember, they're all like mama jokes, like your mama's so fat, she plays pool with the planets, mm -hmm. you know, or yeah. your mama's so can fat. I that say, her... huh? Can I just say you make me want to shoot myself in the face sometimes? Why? That's from the Nutty <laughs> Professor. I know. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I'm just like bracing for things. Well, the one funny one that I got in the comment <laughs> was what they say. They're like, why, why are you, uh, why are you trying to get fat jokes? Are you in some kind of fitness protection program? <laughs> that's it. That's good. That's okay, so fucking that's great, man. Uh, and then the rest were like your mama jokes. Like your mama's so fat. Her belt size is equator. Yeah. Also from Nutty Professor. Uh, also from Nutty Professor. There was a. I owned Snaps and Mama Jokes books, and I remember all of these fat jokes. Um, Wasn't Wilmer Valderrama in a Yo Mama show? Didn't they have that on MTV? May was she? I don't know. Or was he? There, there was a uh, TV show on MTV called Yo Mama, and it was like right after like Eight Mile came out, and people told Yo Mama jokes. <laughs> i'm gonna have to look this up now oh man yeah what's uh it's <laughs> there there's some funny ones now the i i like the your mama fat jokes as they're so good but we we bring this up because this movie summer catch is riddled with fat yeah. jokes because sure, it sure was by the way wilmer valderrama chris it was the country in search of america's best trash talkers and it was called yo mama it came out in 2006. <laughs> Way after this movie. I mean, back then, there was no body positivity, really. I'm trying to remember yeah. a movie that was really uh, promoting body positivity. And I'm trying to remember when Shallow How came out. Um, Same year, I think. Was 2001? 2001, 2002, somewhere in there, right? Right. When did Precious come out? 2009? <laughs> why that set the discourse back as far like that that movie really set any why because it was nominated for best well, there were nominations in it and i remember that no one was like this is actually a really powerful whatever movie most of the internet and the conversations around it was like so gabaret sidibe or whatever was like you're fat what's that like being an actress like it was so uncomfortable that was one of the worst times mm. of like interviewing y'all remember how bad that was like they no were, I, yeah. I remember they I were remember. never like they were never like wow what a powerful performance this this and that it was always just like so you're big what's that like it's like, like how how is it to be a woman in hollywood looking like you do and it's yeah, like it was so, what so so whatever happened before that I mean, meanwhile brian's having terrible thoughts like 
What what size lens did they have to put on the camera? Did they have to put a wide lens on? Yeah, a wide angle Jeez. lens, that Kubrick 70 millimeter lens. It's just funny because like if we're talking about like traditionally unattractive, like quote unquote unattractive people being in movies, it's like the precious, everyone was so mean to the precious actress. And then it turns around and like a few years later we get Captain Phillips and that little the little guy from wherever they were like pumping up like this is the next guy like he's gonna be in everything it's like no i think he can only like he can play one role like the and skinny they, pirate guy yeah and they were acting like he was gonna be the next matt damon or something it was he, so he shows up in um blade runner no yeah. he uh what's the tv show he shows up in the curse yeah the curse yeah but it's just one of the, it's oh it's so bad. There, there's a men and women body image thing for you right there too. But like there is, but back then you could they couldn't make a movie like Summer Catch today. And uh, Chelsea, you picked this movie, right? No, it was Dan. This is Dan. Oh, no, Dan picked this. Oh yeah, I did. So Dan picked this movie. Summer in the winter. Yeah, <laughs> it's got <laughs> an eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's crazy. Upon watching it, I don't understand why, because this movie is so funny. It has heart in its cheesiness and it's like in its bad dialogue, but there's like there's something fun about it because it goes all the way. It does not hold back. It is allowed to be raunchy and gross in a time when we weren't really getting a lot of that. And I applaud it for we, that reason. This was a few years after American Pie. Right, so American Pie was 1999. So this is and... like, uh, I, I consider this to be like a low-end version of American Pie. But the main reason I picked it, other than the fact that it's 8%, which, spoiler alert, I'm going to say it should be higher than that. Um, the main reason I picked it is because last week when we were talking about all these rom-coms that get these bad reviews have the most outlandish plots just to set up two attractive people to be in love. And in this one, the thought that a rich family with a with a beautiful young daughter vacationing in Cape Cod that her family would be against her dating a professional athlete or a hope to be professional athlete is just so laughable to me. A lawn boy. I think this is the most realistic out of most of these science fiction-esque romantic comedies. 100%. I'm saying from a standpoint of think of today, like I have I have a daughter. And as a father of a daughter, no, it's like if we were vacationing and she like met a guy who seems genuinely nice and is playing baseball and trying to realize his dream of become becoming a major league pitcher, I'd be like, one, cool, makes sense why she's attracted to him. Two, if he realizes his dream, guess who doesn't have to pay for shit ever again? This guy. You know what I mean? So she's like, <laughs> and the fact that part of this movie hinges around like, ooh. The gross lawn boy who has dreams of being a multimillionaire famous athlete is just laughable to me. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 weird because you come he's coming from well, it's okay. The story is which I want to ask Dan since he's a big Northeast fan in baseball. I love baseball. Um, the the story is these group of college kids are going to basically Martha's Vineyard to play for the summer baseball, and these uh people in the town. Uh, allow them to come in their homes and stay with them for the summer and play baseball so that the the scouts of Major League Baseball can get them on their teams. Is this a real thing? Yeah. Cape Cod That's leagues are huge. They're still big. So there's Cape Cod is not very big. Like just you can drive to the end of it in like an hour. 
but there are so many baseball fields and, and they're all small and they're all like um field of dream style honestly they're beautiful like but they're not big they're old school bleachers and, and like this that. happens. The college kids no. come from across the country to come and play in this league to get yep. scouted and they get to stay in people's homes. Yeah, I don't know if it's moved into. Um, and my grandparents had a house in Falmouth, which is right on the Cape, but they never hosted any kids because they had a bunch of kids and grandkids. But we would go just it would be like, OK, it's Thursday evening at six o'clock. Let's walk down to the town park where there's going to be a baseball game going on and they were college athletes. I mean, I'm, I think it was a last respite for anyone who wasn't going to get drafted or wanted to improve their draft stock to make it into the major leagues. Um, anyone who's good enough probably wasn't flying in from like California to play on the Cape Cod league, but yeah, it's a real thing and it still goes on yeah. right now. And I know there's some teams in Martha's vineyard or whatnot, but it's kind of a cool, it's a cool little industry, but yeah, you get a bunch of college guys in and around for like six seven weeks in the summer and they just play three or four baseball games a week that's crazy to me and so in this movie this all happens and you can imagine the comedy setup of all these college kids coming in going into people's homes and staying there and they're being single mothers or single women owning houses and the sex jokes and stuff like that that happens but freddie prince jr character the lawn boy who wants to be a big baseball star meets jessica beale uh, the daughter of a very big, wealthy, conservative family, fall in love, Romeo, Juliet type of thing. Uh, and there's Matthew Lillard. And to bring jokes in. Um, so I, this is one of the first movies on this show that I do not remember seeing. I, like some of it like rang a little bit like familiar, but it was basically watching for the first time a few days ago. And I, Loved it. I loved it. I love the comedy. I love the sex. Uh, even though it was cheesy and all this stuff, there was so cheesy that I was like, oh, God, I still like this movie. And I do not know why it has an 8%. Um, Chelsea, what are, you, what are your initial thoughts? Did you first see this like this last week or did you see this when it came out in 2001? No, I saw it. I saw it this last week. And what did you? What was your initial thought? That's it. <laughs> um, she's still thinking the beanbag Ron. <laughs> no, she, she's like she's like you know they don't say a lot of good things about nine eleven, but two weeks later people forgot <laughs> that we existed, and I'm happy about it. I I just think it was uh, it was not it was not good. The dialogue was terrible. I think this was someone making baseball more boring. Really? A little oh, bit. I don't. I don't agree with that at all. A little I bit. Did, you I don't. Just... Ha you don't have to agree. I don't. I don't love high school high or Joe's apartment. <laughs> but um, I just. I. I was looking. I remember kind of stopping it, looking at the runtime like halfway through, and I was like, God damn it. It's just, there's so much in this. And I, a big thing for me is any kind of like chemistry between the leads and they were super awkward to each other. Super awkward. Well, but. Jessica Biel and Freddie Prince Jr. are not known for winning awards for their acting. I I mean, okay, but. Neither are good. Wouldn't they at least be believable? 
<laughs> you would think. Like, can I can I have that as like a bare minimum? So, so you're saying you didn't like it because it was the the dialogue and the acting was pretty bad. Yeah, it was really long. I just it didn't. It it's a hundred minutes. It didn't. It's really, like three. It it's felt, like it felt like three hundred. It didn't resonate with me. Wow. So you'd rather watch Oppenheimer? <clears throat> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Preston, when did you first see Summer Catch? I saw it in the theaters, and I had not seen this movie in many, many years, but I watched it so much in my youth that I remembered every damn line in this movie as I was watching it with my wife. I, oh, my night. God. You're like the opposite of Chelsea. And well, my... I didn't. I have not commented on how what my experience has been oh. this many years later. But you, you um, used to watch it. You used to watch it growing yeah. up. It's one of your movies. Yeah, I was a baseball guy, uh, still am, but more so then. And uh, I even remember doing an assignment in class and we got to do something on like our favorite movie. And I, being the 11 year old that I was at the time, uh, said that this movie was my favorite, <laughs> even though I, I knew no better when I knew uh, in my heart it was Jurassic Park. Um, it's like, what the fuck? Summer <laughs> yeah. catch to boyhood right there. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, it was a huge deal for me. Then I, nothing i i felt like there was nothing wrong with it when i was a kid i remember laughing at all its jokes and uh just have memories of me and my my mom uh watching it together so uh yeah chelsea you you could have came with me and my mom it would have been okay um <laughs> it, <laughs> she um, still says no <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like i'm not gonna hang out with an 11 year old no uh, i i was just gonna say <laughs> that's pedophilia disney doesn't like that <laughs> uh so yeah I, I loved it uh then uh watching it now i it's 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 bad it's um i i th uh the, the reason what drives it gets me through it is just the nostalgia factor for me but uh at the end of the day dude it's they, they like chelsea said they're not good together they're the, the dialogue is really bad dude like me and my wife laughed out so so loud when she's like let's be together at the end i was like christ <laughs> Okay. No, that was, the, that was the moment. It's at the end of the movie. There's like 30 seconds left of the movie. And it's like that big swell of like them finally getting together at an airport on the runway. And I don't know if the director of radio was like, just say, let's be <laughs> together, man. Let's be together. They did one take. <laughs> but that's OK. So what Preston and Chelsea are saying is is why it doesn't hold up as well for them. It's part of the reason why I liked it. Yes. It's so corny. And yes. it's, such it's a cheap answer. Cheap it's answer. not, though. It's not. No, no, no. But it transports me back to a time where I'm like, it's not enough. Like, I thought this movie was so good. And it's so far from being good that, like, when I watched it as a kid, I probably laughed at everything and was like, this is the height of summer date movie. And now I watch it and I'm like, I enjoy it for the reason that I was so stupid that I thought that this was the height of a date like a date movie. Like, I, I don't know yeah. how to explain it. I watched it 
I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it for different reasons than I did back when I was in middle school and high school and would watch it. And I still came away from it being like 8% is way too low. Way too well, low. So, so huh? I, I was just going to say, like, by comparison to Sweet Home Alabama, which is a far better movie. 100%. Um, I, I know we said what we did about Reese Witherspoon's character, but like Freddie Prince Jr. in this movie is not really that great of a dude. Uh, like yeah. Yeah. he he is a moody dude who I don't really want to be around. I'd rather I think his friends are are better people like his two buddies who mm -hmm. one of them actually looks like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. He uh, like th those guys are great like they but they are, are completely sidelined and I, I just kind of wanted to hang around yeah. them and uh, these these yeah. people are, it's just it's just two good looking people in a movie. Well, and, they played it straight and narrow and you have all the fun people on the side. Okay. But even though Freddie hey, Prinze hey, Jr. has one fun. Second. I gotta I gotta take a call real quick. I'm still here though. Okay. He's still here. Um, he's still here. But so, okay, so the writers of this movie, one of the writers um, is... Did West Wing. Ke yeah, Kevin Falls did West Wing. And then you have John Gatton Gatness, who wrote or who produced, his first thing he produced was Ready to Rumble, the wrestling movie. He went on to write Summer Catch. Then he did Hardball, Coach the Carter. Movie. Yeah, uh, Coach Carter, basketball movie. Real Steel, boxing movie. Uh, he did. He wrote Flight, which with Denzel Washington, which was nominated for an award. He also uh, produced and did the story for Need for Speed, uh, and he did the story for Kong Skull Island and the 2017 Brian Cranston Power Rangers. Mm. And but it all kind of started with uh, with Summer Catch, which is crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a pattern there. Like he's got a okay to bad one to a, a a better one. But it's like it's it's the writing. So you have these two people that clearly have some really good stuff in it. But what do you think? Do you think the script actually like if you read the script and you're reading in your head and you're like, actually, this is a pretty fucking funny script. It's raunchy. It's funny. I see the chemistry. But then when they brought in Jessica Biel and Freddie Prince Jr. and you can't get that delivery or the director of radio could not uh, get the performances right. Is that what what, what went wrong? Uh, pro, pro, uh, I mean, like you said, like some of the side characters have like the better lines of dialogue. But if I'm going to watch something that has good side characters, I also want the leads to be good, too. So I think. It produces a, a chuckle in the moment, but not enough color throughout for for it to kind of sustain that that feeling of enjoyment throughout. Because it, it's it's a very it's like endless love, the movie Endless Love, mixed with baseball. But like Chelsea yeah. said, it, there's not a lot to its baseballness that makes it stand apart from other other films. Uh, uh, like Moneyball, or even though that one's not so much on the field, but Hardball is a better baseball movie uh, since you brought that up. Um, it's just like even the score's bad, like with the trumpet. Uh, my my wife was like, it reminds me of Michael Scarn. It's just like, <laughs> and, I, and, I was just, and I started doing the narration. I was like, that summer in baseball was the best summer ever. It's just, <laughs> it's um, so. 
Yeah, like th th there are some moments like with Matthew Lillard being in the thong or something like that, or like I poo pooed in my panties. It's, and some of that's, but then I'd laugh at some other moments, uh, thinking more like Brian. I was like, when he's when when they're all staring over at uh, the overweight lady and she's they're like that's unhealthy. And I was like, Brian's probably laughing his ass off right now. <laughs> I mean, the whole fat thing in this movie is crazy to me because like at some point I think it transitioned to like making fun of gay people because there is a moment in the movie where you think the guy is gay because he's talking about everybody's ass. And yeah. uh but the 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 fat lady thing is such it's it, just it a, has a story thing. arc it's, it has its own side story arc and redemption at the end of the movie his, that it's his, like a thing his redemption was great but also the the whole ass thing that's a baseball thing like right no whole... it is i mean it, and it's a football thing too i remember john madden circling cowboys or, butts yeah it's like a yeah, thing or a drummer or something because yeah just staring at asses all day yeah. um so yeah that redemption thing was probably my favorite part of the whole movie because mainly just because that guy from buffy does a whole like uh does the oh in, yeah, in his, in his <laughs> big thing in his rant. Um, it's so, it's so yeah. good. It's I, I because this movie wouldn't be made today because they there's not like I mean there is body positivity because they actually show a sex scene with uh, what they were calling a bigger woman. Uh, she broke the bed. Yeah, she broke the bed. But he loved it. So I mean, okay. So Chelsea, you're rolling your eyes about this when all of this is happening in the movie. You, you saw it for the first time. What are you thinking when they're starting? When they did the initial fat jokes, and then they re did the redemption at the end when everybody's cheering. I think this is a 2001 mm -hmm. shitty rom com, and I don't think I'm not asking it for. I'm not asking it to be anything more than that. Okay. And these are very these are jokes of the of the times that were way more accepted 20 something years ago than are now i did i did laugh at the whole you know when he's at the bar and he's like i love big women yeah. big women love me because it, yeah. it's sweeter yeah. yeah it's sweet and i feel like this is the first uh character where i'm like i don't like matthew lillard Really? Because I thought he was really funny and stuck with his guns because he's going through his own thing of being whatever. But he's like, I guess with the director and the writers back then, they were like, he, he's the comic relief of the movie, basically. But he's not. He has other friends that are way better comic relief. Those the two that have been, you know, his the two stoners that love him. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the, well they, he, they also have like that, like, like the big pivotal drama melodramatic moment of the movie where they're talking yeah. with them yeah that's yeah. a those yeah. are two great characters that like preston said you want to spend more time with yeah yeah i just think this this was probably just written as a raunchy teen comedy and that's they thought that's what teens would laugh at um i, I i'm not asking any more of it uh than that yeah i mean they had Brittany murphy playing essentially good luck chuck like yeah. she's she's the village bicycle that makes all the baseball players like find what they need to be focused. She's the manic pixie dream yeah. girl for baseball bros. Yeah, and so would you would would you uh drink a beer like that? 
No. No. Why? Immediately, I thought she was peeing on him. Immediately. So does this movie have other peeing moments? Besides those? I mean, it happens a few times in the movie where she puts a bottle of beer between her legs, stands up and looks like she's going to piss on Freddie Prince's Jr.'s face or Matthew Lillard's face, and they drink the beer with the beer pouring down. That's weird. I mean, I don't think there's any more piss play, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, I'm trying to think if, like, they showed the... the I mean, like, it's, it's, like the pee thing, like in uh, Days of Thunder. Uh, there's like the mellow yellow and the cold trickle and the whole thing. I was trying to figure out. I mean, this is a more on the nose way of doing it by literally showcasing it. But I guess it was just like, I mean, the writer or director was like, "I this happened in high school or college. We got to put this in the movie, right? I mean, baseball people just did all kinds of weird stuff, but a better showcasing of that would be something like Everybody Wants Some, which I feel like Richard Linklater watched this, by the way, and like took some things out of it because you have the character uh, that is like uh, Van Lemer, which, by the way, I'll, I'll get to a story about Van Lemer. Uh, so he's the <laughs> one with the flame glove and like yeah. the blonde hair at the clips the and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his his uh, heads in the clouds, essentially, like he's like, oh, yeah, you know, this team offered me two million. But I was just like, nah, they do that exact same scene with uh, Niles, uh, who is the asshole character, uh, even though a lot of them are assholes and everybody wants some. And uh, he, he's he's that character. They also have a character named Coma. And everybody wants some who always falls asleep. Yeah. And, so, and that's the, that's the, that's oh, the yeah. relief that's picture. The he's, all, he's like, good morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that because I like when the the dad from uh, Tommy Boy comes over to him and he's like, he's got a no no going. You might want to stay awake for like, stuff like that. Like yeah. it's a, a little Why more interesting to it. Like there, there's just, there's something to it where you're like, okay, okay. Um, so I don't know. It, ultimately, I felt like this movie went more in the direction of what Chelsea's describing, which is trying to be like this teen comedy thing, where I felt like it needed something like some some more with stuff with the coach or uh more with his friends that would have like made the heart of it all kind of like it, it needed more of that it, it needed something that i could cl uh, grab onto if it's just going to be like a uh you know a group of dumbasses being dumbasses together and then at the end of the day like ah oh, yeah you know it's fine and then move on from it that, that's that's what it is to me now but back then when i myself was a dumbass i enjoyed it um but anyway, the Van Lemer thing. So I was kind of obsessed with his whole like look. Um, I did not do the clips or anything, but I did dye my hair all blonde and slick it back <laughs> like that for a period. And I did try to hunt down a flame glove because of the movie. Right. I mean, when you look at the baseball players in this movie, Summer Catch, it's like a boy band from like that time period. They're all yeah. Yeah. look like NSYNC Backstreet Boys, O-Town. Mm -hmm. 98 degrees 98 degrees uh and it was just funny but i i definitely took notice of the, like the blonde bleach blonde highlights and was wondering if any of you ever did that because i did I not mean, i used to be like platinum blonde for like half of my life did, did you like that did you get did you, did you get more people talking with you because of that yeah she's like do you, do you play devil may cry <laughs> <laughs> that answer would be yes <laughs> no, the answer would be no and uh what do you what do you mean like more attention or something yeah more attention when you i mean because you when you do something like that you were getting um, more attention or is that the style? i had my hair 
pretty much every color, uh, every color, but like a, probably a green. So I've had my color, I've had my hair platinum blonde. I've had it really dark in between pink, blue, what have you. I don't, I don't know. I feel like the, the vibrant colors get the most. Okay. All right. No, it was, it's interesting when you say the hair color in this movie, because everybody, I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. has it, but everybody's blonde or the bleach blonde or whatever. And it, I, don't, I guess it was for like American Pie for me when everybody just kind of looked like me in high school, where it's like the dark hair, very Jewy type of thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, this is like, because usually I would only see like very well quaffed blonde head or something like that. So I was happy about the American Pie. Thing. I mean, that, that that was the baseball thing, like especially in college, even though I didn't play college ball, but uh there's a like because everybody comes from their own baseball traditions like a lot of people would dye their hair blonde on the team if they had like a good luck streak going or something like that or some of them grew out mullets and things like that and so but for here it just seems more random like they're just trying to create some sort of unique style to each of them um more so than uh, I think ultimately I just wanted something like some more believability with some of these things. And a lot of this kind of felt random, like the stuff with Van Lemer, like he, like he is just walking and it sneaks into the baseball clubhouse or like where their, their, their convenience, uh, like the, the, the stand concessions, concession yeah. stand. Um, and he's just like, just drops the matches like, Oh, I'm not going to check it. Um, so it's a dumbass decision. Um, and Freddie Prince Jr., when he sneaks off with Jessica Biel and they go swimming in the rain and then uh, they get caught by uh, her dad and he's like, give me the flashlight. And he's looking down there and then he goes, he runs out of the pool, goes to push on the car, causes the police to be called. Just like, why didn't she just say like, hey, dad, I'm down here going swimming, relax. I, I don't know. Um, it, it just, uh, it doesn't just, make a lot of sense. Yeah. But I think the journey is fun. At least I think it's like, it's a fun, raunchy movie. I still had a really good time with it. And I was shocked at like, Oh, they're really going all the way with these sex jokes. Yeah. I mean, it's fun to watch like the, one of the characters uh, played by Wilmer <laughs> Valderrama, who is the, the college kid who's never had sex. He's a virgin and a, the MILF, uh, Beverly D'Angelo, who you don't see until the end of the movie is revealed. And she's always constantly trying to have sex with all these baseball players. And they're all trying to get Fez to, uh, <laughs> to, to do it. And he finally does. And it pays off in a great joke about like, she used the whole cucumber, like a cucumber oh. disappeared. I want to know if that their whole that whole arc was just for that little payoff for that cucumber joke. I mean, it, it it might yeah. seem like it, but it's you know you have like Matthew Lillard who looks like he's game for anything. He's like the tweeter of the group uh, from Varsity Blues, and you have the love story. You have the one who likes fat chicks, and then you have the one that's a virgin. And so I think everybody kind of had a sexual coming of age arc in the movie in one way or another. Yeah, they did. Okay. Because Matthew Lillard got to hook up with Brittany Murphy. Mm -hmm. 
And the one guy made it known that he loves fat chicks. Freddie Prince Jr. got Jessica Biel. And Fez lost his virginity. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Jessica, feel- Jessica Biel was attracted to, uh, or Tinley Parrish is her character's name. She was attracted to Ryan Dunn in this movie because oh, yeah. he was wearing ladies' underwear and chased him out of the bar. That is very true. Very true. I don't know. I think I, I get where the 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 line the Ryan dialogue Dunn? the what the jackass is Ryan Dunn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think the the character name was Ryan Dunn, right? No, I know. I just I couldn't stop thinking of that the entire movie. Yeah. So why do you think this movie bombed with an eight percent? Because American Pie, we brought it up, similar humor, but I guess not as heartwarming or. It, I mean, at least at the end of the day with American Pie, you still have like the relationship that he has with the parents. Yeah. That have, and there's a lot more of it. Like Fred Ward's in here and they have like a nice, like I like the the scene when Fred Ward confronts uh, Bruce Davidson's character who plays uh, Tinley Parrish's uh, father. Um, Jessica Biel's character's father. And yeah, just says that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I mean, I'm glad that the dad, like they they have some of the like familiar, familial support moments of like the the brother watching the game and the dad watching the game. But it's more of like, they're just there to watch it. Like the camera just shows a shot of them watching it. It's not like we're getting like a lot of sweet heart to heart moments where they're having like deep discussions like the stuff with the brother like they, they had some exchanges but they weren't like necessarily big it wasn't like hey you know i haven't been here for you for most of your life i know i'm like older than you 10 years and we haven't exactly been close but through this like i don't know it just needed something like that uh to to uh give it give it a little more weight um and so with something like American Pie, by comparison, it does have more of those moments. While it can be raunchy and ridiculous and kind of like a male fantasy thing, it still has some of the beats to it that have a little more to it. And this one doesn't have as much. And yeah. it just ends up being more of a carbon copy of those things. Amalgamation of all that. What do you think about that? I, I agree with Preston. I just think this is like a, a lesser... It's a carbon lesser co- carbon copy of thing, you know, other films that did it better. I'm looking at the IMDb and it says it was originally in development at 20th Century Fox with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon attached to star. That would have been interesting. That would have wow. been because they would have put their own spin on it. They would have. I would have liked yeah, to see I, that. I I don't know. I just I this is just a carbon copy of. Every other high school or not high school. Every other better raunchy sex comedy. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, if you're a teen, then it was everything. Yeah. But, but Hey, I'm in my 40s and I still think this movie's great. But yeah, but you're still a teenager. I'm still a teenager. I'm still 13. But you got knocked in the head somewhere. Yeah, yeah I did. Um, the cast is insane. Everybody wanted to be a part of it, it seemed like. It was like the perfect height of everybody being popular at the time um and the chemistry in this movie 
I think the chem, the only bad chemistry in the movie is with Jessica Biel and Freddie Prinze Jr. And I think Jessica Biel is a problem, right? Like she, because you've seen Freddie Prinze Jr. have maybe chemistry in his other movies or even with Matthew Lillard. But is it, has Jessica Biel ever had chemistry? Like I'm thinking like Blade 3 and shit. Like I'm trying to find a movie. She was in the Adam Sandler one. Movie fucking Larry. Larry. I'm trying to think because I mean, <clears throat> why you might like Jennifer Beale? Is she a good actress? Is it was it just Jennifer Beale? Oh, what did I say? Jessica Beale. Mm, shit, not Jennifer, Jennifer Beale. Jessica Beale. Got that Ben Affleck thing still going. Yeah, I do. Jessica Beale. What do you think? I I mean I think they put two very attractive people in and said let's make magic and. They didn't give their best. No, yeah, yeah you see her in a swimsuit and you see him with his shirt off and they both look amazing. Okay. That's just not enough for me though. Right. No, the I mean the lie, I mean, I think we all like we had to do like a double take because we didn't remember that happening when she said we should be together the end of the movie. That's like one of the worst delivered lines ever. Like I really want to see Mystery Science Theater three thousand take on this movie just for that moment. Like, because yeah. it, it's just, you got to think, like, did they just get one take? Or did, like, was that the best one? <laughs> yeah, that, I, it, I'm not going to be with you unless you have a, you know, baseball uh, major scholarship or signing or something yeah. like that. It's just like, let's be together now that you're successful. <laughs> My favorite thing is where his only two choices are play professional baseball, cut grass. Yeah. Like there's nothing else. Yeah. I love how even the log line in this movie is poor boy. Like it, it just says that he's poor. I was like, eh, his dad's got a functioning business. He's okay. I was just gonna I was just gonna say if his dad is the main like lawn keeper of everybody on Cape Cod, like that's a that's a successful small business. Yeah, so. he's making way more than six figures. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I like, don't know why. Yeah, he's a lawn boy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. And and if my son was uh, going to check the pipes or roses late at night, uh, not during business hours, I'd fire his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these pipes are clean. Uh, right, oh, but uh, dude, let's take a moment and talk about that that scene with. Uh, Jessica Biel uh, not revealing that her ex is like in town and like just totally keeping that from him. Oh, yeah. That was an interesting moment. Uh, She clear because she kept saying we're taking the summer off. And so while you're taking the summer off, I guess you're broken up. But taking the summer off means like maybe eventually you're going to get back together again. Yeah. But she's exploring her options. Uh, and it seems like the guy she was with, like she was with that guy. And that says, what about her? And like, she's what? Is she slumming it with the lawn boy now? Is that yeah. a thing? Yeah. I I, I don't know. I, I just don't think either one of them are particularly likable. Yeah. And... Is Freddie not likable in this movie? Not really. Like, um... Why? It, what did he do? It's it's I wow. feel like the scene from uh uh Hall Pass when uh when he's like, 
you just do this and you, you know, it's all the people around him that kind of make him stand yeah. out. Um, uh, but not if he's on his own, not really that much. I think, I think there's a particular sweetness to him saying that, you know, like all I care about is, you know, baseball and, and then he goes and sleeps on the mound, but then, you know, I was, it would have been cooler if he actually just stayed the night there <laughs> and, um, was, didn't have all his buddies coming out there, but, Uh, no, I don't think he's that that likable to me in, in this. I think he's more likable in other films, but not okay in this one. he's going through it he lost his mom you know yeah but then the coach has that nice line about it it's like hey you know I know you've had your setbacks and emotional setbacks and things like that and it's like brian I understand fucking that, but... dennehy man first yeah. blood and fx i think he gives the best performance in the film he... yeah because he wasn't like an asshole coach he was like a, he was like a he, really <clears throat> he understood but yeah. but a lot of what he said like hey if you mess up like like his whole thing was like hey that's strike two yeah like, you're just yeah. like that's the kind of coach that you're like oh this guy's gonna have a an influence on me like a, somebody that i'm gonna be thinking about even when i you know move on to other things like he just seems like that's a good coach like he he was relaxed with them a little bit but he also wanted to motivate them enough to be able to do things i don't think as a coach i would let my players sleep on the bench um but you know everything else <laughs> but baseball players have all of these like crazy uh superstitions i get it yeah it's the most superstitious sport um could they make a movie like this now could like they they technically make a movie that had these sex jokes or jokes about whatever like it doesn't necessarily have to be fat jokes but it could be jokes about anything physical or whatever do you think that people would think, like it or do you think people would really be offended by it you can make jokes you just need to put it in a into like context better it needs better writing it needs better like yeah. it needs better situations it needs stronger situations it needs more uh chemistry between the cast i just it it needs more of everything. Yeah, the chemistry is definitely not there between Jessica Biel and Freddie Prince Jr. Like from the get go. And I don't know if it's just the acting ability or if they genuinely didn't like each other. I don't know. I don't know either. I think it's. Uh... I, I will say uh, I laughed at a lot of this movie because of how bad the accents were. <laughs> there was like a little Boston-y thing with the accents. You could hear it here, kind of here, then you it disappeared. It was very light. I don't know. Freddie Freddie was putting it on pretty thick, like him and his like bartender brother. <laughs> Forgot about the bartender brother. Yeah. Yeah. Who was trying to give him some sense. But uh yeah. I just think I I don't know. I have one word. And I that I come back to when I think about about this movie, and it's just sloppy. It's just kind of like we put these things together, but none of them fit. So the director Michael Tallinn directed this movie, and then two years later he directed Radio. Is there a correlation between both movies? Which one's better? They both kind of mock, you know, one mocks fat people, one mocks <laughs> say it, right? Yeah, say it. <laughs> what? Oh God, I was having this conversation. You can't. 
Well, how do, what do you say? Is it, is it, is it mentally challenged? Disabled, I mean, disabled, mentally challenged. Um, okay. And one does that, which one's better, which one holds up better. Definitely not radio. I don't know. I haven't seen radio. Um, actually, I don't know if I've even actually seen it all the way through. Oh my God. No, you haven't lived, Preston, until you see Cuba Gooding Jr. show me the money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, play another football star, but in I a mean, very different way. Cuba Gooding played like a black simple jack. <laughs> It, it and it just wasn't good oh it's so good but it's so good i think summer catch is i think one of the better romantic comedies out there well not romantic comedies i Jeez, think it's dude no not uh, let me let me rephrase that i think it's having more fun than most of them can i pose a question yes do you think any raunchy comedy do you like? Do you not like any raunchy sex comedy? Probably. You'd have to give me some because I'm trying to think of them off the top of my head. I think if they're done well, I think this one I is done. I feel like you're biased to like them. I mean, yeah, I like when jokes push the bounds and stuff like that. And I think this one is sweet enough. And again, there's enough story and heart here. Let's I think be the together. Biggest the biggest downfall is the delivery and the, the script. I mean, uh, say what you will about the script. I think the script probably was good, but I think it was the acting delivery and maybe the chemistry that threw this movie off. But other than that, I think this is a fun movie. I, I think it's, it's more realistic than love actually and Notting Hill and all of that stuff. Like I could see this type of thing happening in real life. Like, the whole baseball hooking up with people in town, stuff like that. Yeah. But you're describing like plot beats. <clears throat> I, I think when you were going to, when you're asking your question about, could they make this movie today? I think they could make a movie today with those, like a, a movie where like the local boy uh, wants to be, it, I mean, it's like rad rad does that too. Where it's like the local kid wants to be in the major bike race that's going on. And so I think that's somewhat is relatable. And then just the concept of like players come like what we were describing at the top of this, like, hey, that's a really interesting thing that happens. And they could make a legit good movie out of that. I don't think uh, when it comes to like a script like this, like, dude, we got to take if you want big rewards, you got to take big risks. Um, you, find the, you find the right girl that's forever. <laughs> he leaves Dude, the game when he's about to have a perfect game to go. Yeah, that was that, that was dumb. That's a very Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, uh, Goodwill Hunting thing. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Aww, that's that's not the your same fault. shit. That the basically no, the same it. movie at the end there. Yeah. Right? Am I? Does that wrong? I I just if. What would it take for me to watch this movie again? It would take a $75,000 signing bonus. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I mean, 
that's awesome. I'm glad he got it. And by the way, to even further how great this movie is when they show like the after effects during the credits and everything, they show Freddie Prince Jr. making it because they don't offer him the MLB contract. They offer him like a farm team. But then he gets to go to the main team <laughs> and they don't show him succeeding. They show him like his first well, pitch. It's a home run from the other team, <laughs> which was awesome. Yeah, by Ken Griffey Jr. Like yeah, by, yeah, yeah. Well, it was awesome by Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, I mean that was a nice moment because it's just kind of like the he made it. The, the, yeah, well, yeah. like he made it, but he's like, hey, you're still like a, you're not a god. You're yeah, you're playing dude. against the best player ever to play baseball, basically. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's the fact that he smiles at the end again, right. going yeah. to like everybody wants some, where they have like a little moment. Where uh, one of the players, the main player in the movie, has his Letterman jacket in the, and it's like you were uh, like a all 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 team state, and then he's like everybody comes in here thinking that they're like the best of their team, but then they're surrounded by so many other players that are on that same level, and if they're nothing, they have to start all over again. Um, so uh, yeah, again, just showing you that there are moments of promise in here when they can tell something a little bit more but at the end of the day obviously producers or director involved wanted to make another movie uh i'm sure if ben affleck and matt damon were on this they probably would have leaned the other way like hey we want to make something like you know like on a rudy level or something like that something that people will continue to talk about <laughs> But no, I mean, it's just going to get lost in the sea of sex, raunchy sex comedies. Yeah, if if Matt Damon and Ben Affleck had been attached to this, I mean, the two leads would have had more than surface level conversations. And just, hey, are you wearing women's panties? Or, hey, I like ice cream. <laughs> like, <laughs> my name's Tunley. Like, I don't know. They would have gotten Kevin Smith to write it. I probably wouldn't have watched that. <laughs> oh my god this movie summer catch uh i feel like this is funny because this was dan's movie and he fucking left during his own movie <laughs> to go he, had, to work. He, he had to go mow along he had to go mow along uh so funny <laughs> how do we relate this to john wick john wick wouldn't touch this he'd shoot it um <laughs> john wick would shoot everyone in this town there's some good people in this town. I think everybody okay. is looking out for everybody here, except for the Van Lemer. That's just like your opinion, man. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how we relate this to John Wick. <laughs> we need we need Dan in here, but he's no longer here. Might have forgot. That's too funny. So you would not watch this again, Chelsea. This is at 8%. Would you rate it higher or lower or keep nope, it at rate, the same? Rated huh? correctly. It's rated correctly for you. For me, yeah. 8%. All right, Preston. I think it's a little bit better than 8%, um, but definitely not a passing grade. I'd probably say somewhere in the 30s or something like that. I I did end it so because the only place that you can you can only rent this movie at one point, I believe it was on Netflix for a period, but now it's not on there. So I paid five dollars and bought this on Voodoo. And me too. It, 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 yeah, because there's only it was like a dollar more to buy it. It's never been released on Blu-ray. It's never been released on 4K. I hope it yeah, never it is. is. <laughs> 
Um, so, so yeah, somewhere in the 30%, but I, I don't, I'm sure I'll end up watching it again, but I, I think it's mainly just to feed, uh, my, my younger self who enjoyed it and, and, uh, but, but yeah, today, you know, I've moved on and I'm not on this level of, uh, cinematic intelligence. Preston has grown and he's too good for summer catch. Yeah, I caught that ball and I threw it back. <laughs> but he loves Rad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rad, I don't know. Rad's a bigger deal. That one I can recognize that it's got, I, I don't know what makes that one truly, truly special. I think it's just because at, at the end of the day, it still accomplishes something that's a little more genuine. Like I, I relate to the, the relationship between the uh mother and son talking about SATs and like you know they they parents have a certain expectations on their kids just as much as like the dad does in this but it's like a little more unrealistic um and so I and then the 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 rivalry that's going on in that movie where the good guy and there's the quote bad guy but at the the end they're like they want like the fair fight like they so I think Rad It's a little more genuine with it. Look who decided to join in at the very last seconds of this podcast. I was just saying that Dan's own movie, he fucking hated it so much, he left during the whole show. It took a really long time to cut the lawn. <laughs> uh, yeah. I had a little bit of a work issue, um, but I'm back. Um, sorry. Be bag Ron. Back. What's going on with him? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, Dan, how do you relate Summer Catch to John Wick? <laughs> um, <laughs> he just giggles. I, I, well, it's pretty hard, huh? Yeah, I, I didn't prepare. We were that. trying to figure it out too. I mean, Keanu Reeves led a baseball team in hardball. Maybe John some, Wick could have led this, which was from the same writers. Maybe some oh. of the rich, maybe some of the rich people pay for their stuff to be done in gold coins. That's all I could really think of. <laughs> you know, you know what, Brian? Uh, the other day when we were selling my movies, I loved uh, during the auction process how you were like sniped him. Like I feel like that'd be John Wick. He'd just be over there being like, "Oh, sniped him" or something like that. Snipe? There's a sniper in here. <laughs> well, uh, I know someone has a meeting. Um, and I just ruined everything by having a meeting. But let me just sum up real quick. I, I don't have a meeting anymore, so we're good. Uh, this should be this should be above eight percent. And I think that this is a shitty version of Everybody Wants Some, which is an infinitely five star movie. Yeah. So eight uh, percent. Uh, Chelsea thinks it stands at eight. Oh. Preston said it was in the thirties. Where do you think? Not thirties. Really? I see, I'm, I'm thirty and forty. Let me guess. You give it a ninety-six. <laughs> accurate. accurate i'm gonna give it a 69 for many reasons <laughs> so i mean i miss nothing <laughs> yeah. pretty, pretty much pretty pretty much no i give it a high i give it in the 60s i'd give it a 69 because there's so much going on with it there it's there's not another movie like it. I yeah, do we just described time. other movies like it. I do this every time, but <laughs> your rating system is fucked. <laughs> Why? 
it just why is it why is any, it it doesn't make any fucking sense give me an example every movie that we've reviewed every so movie far that, that we've that, ever reviewed we've and then you're of, like this yeah. is better than oppenheimer no it's not Dan left. <laughs> he didn't want it. He he, didn't he did not want the Oppenheimer it. talk. No, he didn't want to hear your. Oh, that was so good. He just left the meeting. Uh, I wonder if he'll try to get back on. That's so good. <laughs> um, Let's be together. Let yourself be great. I dare you, I dare you, Chelsea, to write a better movie than this. I think we could. I easily. What would you change? I would All not, I mean, I would not <laughs> write a movie about baseball because I don't know about baseball. What would you write a movie about? Like in the same realm, like you're doing this romantic comedy where people are coming in and doing like the same thing, but it doesn't have to be about baseball. That's that's a really I gotta think about it. I don't know. I'm I'm more How about two uh individuals from different parts of the world that come together for like a video game convention and then they didn't think they could ever find love in their life and that they're only uh they they could only discover their true selves through video games, but then by coming to this convention they find that they have to play can, each other. Yeah, yeah there you go. One is a strict PC gamer, the other's console. <laughs> yeah, but you'd be writing like shit like, uh, I love the joystick. Like <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, that would be good. Where did Dan go again? He left. <laughs> That's okay. He dropped um, the mic and left. Yeah, he did. That was so funny. Uh, well, thank you, Dan. You're not here, but we summer catch style. Uh, it is available to rent kind of everywhere for a fee. Um, other than that, it's really hard to find. And I think you should watch it just because it is a funny movie. And you can see all these really famous people in it at kind of the start of their big careers. Um, oh, here's Dan Moran again. This is Wilder, Wilmer Valderrama's first feature. First feature film right after that mm -hmm. 70s show. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. Um, you think of I, any other movies that he's in? Um, Wilmer Valderrama. Off the top of your head. Not, the, not off the top of my head, no. I, I'm There is, there is, there is, and I'm trying to think of it, and it's off the top of my head. Oh, my God. What is it? Oh, God damn it. So I, I can it's, only it's, think it's, of it's him... It's the fucking movie with Macaulay Culkin. Oh my god! Party Monster. Yeah, there we go. Seth, he was in that movie, and I remember when that movie oh. came out. It was like Macaulay Culkin's like first thing in so long, and it was this crazy true story about a murderer named Michael Alleg and Fez played. Yeah, it was crazy. It was Seth Green, Macaulay, and Fez in the movie. That's a that's a cast. That is. Oh, there he is. Where where'd you go? Guys, I am so sorry. This has been a complete cluster. I'm losing internet. I'm not at home. I'm just summer catching my way through this. No, we thought you left like you just like turned off when I we talked about Oppenheimer. No, I would have stayed on if you talked about Oppenheimer. I love me some Oppenheimer. 
right. John Wick cut his internet. <laughs> yeah. at, at this point, at this point, I, I I wish this has been such a cluster day. Um, but yeah, sorry. Sorry, man. Did you tell everybody they were out of order? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. And then we talked about, it. and then I was like. And then I was like, by the way, Your Honor, how do you feel about Gina Carano? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. You should like you should all watch Summer Catch tonight for your homework and, like, for this look, case. Oh, that's so uh, well, yeah, we're sorry then, that like, you it was a cluster. Um yeah. yeah, Summer Catch here on Fear and Living in Cinema Podcast. This is this is fun. We're gonna do another romantic comedy next week, uh, in the week after, in the week after. I'm Brian Kluger. You can find me online at Brian Kluger anywhere. HighDefDigest.com, BoomstickComics.com, Wednesdays, SoundtracksRadio, EM-Radio.com. And uh, you can find Press and I on our other show, My Bloody Podcast. Uh, Chelsea, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter as Miss underscore Tenenbaum or Chelsea Nico on everything else. Hell yeah. Uh, Press and uh, you can find me on freshfiction.tv where the features editor or ditnrc.com, uh, but mostly on Blu-ray Dad, on Instagram, and Preston Barta everywhere else. Hell yeah. And Dan, where can they find you? Can they find you in court? Apparently they can find me in court and doing a million other things other than recording this podcast today. Um, but they can find me on Fear and Loathing in Cinema on Instagram or Fear and Loathing in Cinema at gmail.com. And next week, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for the viewers, but I think the most hilarious rom-com of all time, I think that Chelsea's going to choose Blue Valentine. I actually really love that movie. It has it has two good reviews. I was just trying to think of like the darkest romantic movies ever. Like, how about Revolutionary Road? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what is next week. It'll be good. But thank you all for listening. And play some baseball. And get with some fat chicks. Oh Jesus. <sighs> God damn it.